0: Hey Parker,
1: yeah. what are we talking about today? Mally J, we are going to be talking about something very, very interesting. Something very dear to my heart. Mm -hmm. Additional dwelling approvals (gasps) in the Thompson-Nicola Regional District rural properties. Wow! It's going to be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Parker Bennett, and I've spent the last 20 years helping people through the process of their largest single investment they may ever make, their home. From building inspector to real estate agent, I've chalked up a number of great experiences and strategies for everything related to the home buying experience. This podcast is dedicated to anything and everything around the Kamloops real estate market. Welcome to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. We're back with another episode of the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast. I think we're like at episode 93.
0: I think it might be 94. 94. Got to do an official count, but we are closing in on
1: 100. Closing in on Epis- 100. hmm And we have like a special little surprise for episode 100 because we're going to do a, we're going to do something that's going to be like a repetitive, maybe like even a monthly airing it out with a bunch of real estate agents that uh, can chat about particular subject matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's going on relative to the market. Like a round table. A round table, yeah. So we're just going to tell everyone what we have. It's not a surprise. It's not a surprise. <laughs> well, I, I... Cat's out of the bag. <laughs> I haven't told you about the content yet. No, so that's there's true. still like a really groovy surprise there. Surprises to be revealed. And I have not said who's going to be on the podcast.
0: So many secrets. So yeah.
1: secrets keep on
0: listening for episode 100. That's a pretty massive milestone. How does that feel for
1: you? Feels good. Woo. Yeah. I mean, we've been, been at it since 2017. Not consistent, obviously, mm-hmm. but uh, definitely been consistent this year. So pretty excited about that. Yeah. Um, what do you think of the weather out there? Loving this heat. 18
0: degrees yesterday. <laughs> 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 I need it in my bones. I feel so good. I know. Yeah. I'm almost to like t-shirt weather. Mm. I haven't gone without a jacket yet. I'm fearful. I don't trust it, but I like it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) This is my favorite time of year because when you're driving along, I feel like one day you look Mm -hmm. and Mount Paul turns green. Yep. And then the next day you look and you realize that the tree in front of your house has leaves. Yep. And then the next thing you know, you have weeds, (laughs) (laughs) but this is the fun part because the more it grows, the better it feels. It's
0: so true. Yeah. I'm ready to open arms, welcoming the sun and the heat and the greenery. Yeah. Yeah. Come my way.
1: Yeah. And like, this is really applicable to lower mainlanders because, you know, if you're thinking about making a move to a better location, Mm -hmm. uh, we're deep into spring and I know the weather's milder down there, but.
0: We get all four seasons here. It's a lot of variety.
1: It's the best season right now. It really
0: makes you appreciate it. I think it is too, like, because it's not too hot, not too, not too anything. It's just joyful. Birds are singing, tulips are pushing up out of the ground. It's yeah. like, yeah, the world is alive the world is again.
1: Alive. <laughs> I also like it because I like knowing that we still have summer ahead of us mm-hmm. and fall, mm-hmm. whereas... In summer, it's like, oh, we only have the rest of summer and fall a drag you know? at
0: that <laughs> point in the year. Yeah, I like totally knowing that
1: does. all the good season is ahead of it's us.
0: It's like optimistic right yeah. now. There's a feeling of potential and right, uh, wide open options or something. Yeah,
1: yeah. Feels- I've seen people cutting their grass.
0: Good for them.
1: Valley View Drive. I've nice. seen somebody. Else. I'm like, that guy can't wait for. I summer.
0: saw my first sprinkler on. Oh yeah. My walk home yesterday. Yeah, I'm like, oh. There it is It is pretty dry out there Mm -hmm.
1: It's relatively dry We haven't had enough rain It's been a really dry month
0: Yeah
1: March has been March was a dry month I guess April's been a little bit more wet But it was uh, I think the driest record in 49 years For real? For March Oh I didn't know that Yeah
0: Oh no way Yeah Well bring on the rain I'm good with rain as long as it's not uh, freezing
1: slush Warm rain Yeah warm rain Got some stats for you
0: statistical dive. Here we go.
1: Yeah, this is interesting. So the market is definitely picking up and there's been a lot of people getting back on the bandwagon of multiple offers. We've seen a few multiple offers in our market lately. Mm -hmm. Uh, Over asking prices are, you know, here and there, not, not consistently everywhere, but there are properties that are priced accordingly and they're getting multiple offers, which is really exciting for
0: some competition
1: Yeah, and getting back to a competitive market again. Uh, so I, I thought I would dig a little bit because I don't think the market is where we left it in 2022. Right. So I just wanted to get, clarify some data.
0: Where are we, Parker? Tell us with numbers.
1: Okay. So in twenty <laughs> in 2018, okay, uh, March of 2018, the median house price was 462500 bucks. Okay. Seems like a long ways from where does, it is now. It sure does. In March of 2019, the median house price was $502,500. Okay. Okay. Creeping. Creeping. Uh, March 2021, at the beginning of the pandemic, $659,200. Oh, gosh. Big jump right there. Yeah. And then in March of 2022, this was the peak of the real estate market. Uh, it was 784.9.
0: Ouchie!
1: Almost seven eighty five.
0: Wow! Wow!
1: So where we are right now is seven hundred even. Oh! So if we look back, we're up six percent from twenty twenty one, which I think that is a a realistic and a, and a good narrative. We're just down twelve percent from last year, which is which is fine because great. that was a just <laughs> yeah. a, a peak and and there's usually a little bit of a a valley after a big peak. Yeah. So. I think that's good. I, while I was digging through that, though, I did find some other information I thought is, is super interesting and something I wasn't really expecting. So back in 2018, we had 308 representatives in the Kamloops market.
0: of, and In terms of like realtors?
1: Real estate agents, Got yeah. It. Now, that's a little skewed because there's probably 15 or 20 of those are home inspectors and appraisers.
0: Oh, they're included in that number. They're
1: also included in oh, that number. But they're a static. There hasn't, there's not like more appraisal companies today. It's that number doesn't really move around that okay. much. But so 2018 we had 308, and when I started as a real estate agent almost 10 years ago, that number was just under 300. Like it was two nineties.
0: Not a lot of change there.
1: Not a lot of change. In March of 2019, it went up to 313 agents,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that worked out to be. 0.69 deals per agent in the month of March. Okay. Okay. In 2018, it was 0.68 deals per agent. So even though we had a few more agents, um, deals went up. In 2021, 2021, yep, we had 325 representatives. mm mm-hmm. With a, a whopper of a 378 deal month. So that went up to 1.16 deals per agent. Okay. Okay. At the peak of our market, we had 353 representatives. In
0: 2022?
1: 2022. 2020, 2022. Wow. And that worked out to be almost a deal per agent. That was 0.9 deals per agent. Okay. Per month. Mm-hmm. And then in March of 2023... Deals went down. Agents went up yet again. Oh, wow. We're down to 0.57 deals per agent. We have a 371, which is the highest I've ever seen at agents in, wow. our, in our district.
0: Do you have any sense of like what might account for? you? Well, you said these numbers surprised you, so you probably I don't think, know why. But
1: So I think the lag, like whenever there's a boom in our market, we always see a lot more agents coming in. But there's a lag between starting the the, process. the journey to becoming yeah. a real estate agent. Yeah. And so, I, and I know that there's been agents that have left the industry, mm-hmm. so that means even more have joined. There's more in yeah. than, than are leaving. So
0: Wow. Okay. It's that interesting. is interesting.
1: Yeah. But keep an eye on that. So, like, yeah. see where that goes, you know, maybe in the next four or five months. I'd be curious to see if that number continues to rise,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or do we start to see that number settle out?
0: I can't wait to find out. Yeah. Fascinating. Fascinations. <laughs>
1: Okay, I have some really good content, which is kind of the, the this is the purpose of this podcast. Um, this information is new to me. Mm-hmm. It's not completely new, but it's not very old either. I feel like this news was silent for hitting the market.
0: <laughs> there was no press release
1: about this. I just didn't hear anything about this. And I, I think it's like, I was super excited. You, When I was reading it this morning, I was <laughs> jumping out of my seat. I, thought, I even called my wife this morning. And I'm like, this is really interesting news. So forever in a day, rural property in and around the Kamloops area, typically the zoning did not allow for a secondary dwelling. I mean, like two houses.
0: On rural, zoned rural On
1: property. zone average zoned rural property. Okay. So by average I mean the typical zonings are AF1, uh AF2, RL1. Mm-hmm. Those are the typical rural zone areas like Pritchard and um Cherry Creek and and uh you know Upper Barnhartville and Nutsford. Those yeah. areas typically were ALs are AL zoned mm-hmm. properties uh which was agricultural land uh meaning that you could do all kinds of cool stuff with it but you were never allowed to have a secondary dwelling on that on that lot. Okay. Okay. So, with the government's incentive to try and find more houses for the people that are requiring homes in Canada, mm-hmm. they've had a push and there's been some definite like outcomes from that push to try and improve this problem. And one of the things that happened was they drove in, into into municipalities that had zoning, sorry, not zoning, um, permit delays. Okay. Caneloos being one of them Mm -hmm. where if you pull a permit to build a house, you might wait 10 to 12 weeks before, before anyone even looks at your permit. So you're, you're like, it's taking you three months before you can even get an approval to start digging on a piece of ground. Right. Now I've heard that that's down to two weeks.
0: Oh, that's significant.
1: I think there's two factors there. I think they've hired some more employees, mm-hmm. which was what the government was trying to get everyone to do. But I also think that there's a, there's not a lot of new starts right now. So I think new starts are down since the market was kind of in a valley over the last six, eight months. Right. so, so Allowing them to catch up a bit on this. Allowing them to catch up. But the other thing that they've just done, uh, and then this is in the TNRD, this is not in the City of Kamloops areas, but... They're now allowing you with an ALR one zoning AF. I, see, I keep seeing AL, <laughs> it's incorrect. Let me <laughs> fix that right now. AF AF agricultural forestry zoned lots. Okay. Um, so AF one, AF two, RL one, and SH one, which are the dominant zones for TNRD. Uh, if you have more than four hectares, which is about ten acres, okay, you're allowed to put a secondary dwelling on. Wow. And there is some qualifications that you need to do, but for the most part, it doesn't look like that would be a big stumbling block.
0: Okay. So so what are the implications of this change into their regulations?
1: The implications would be more residential homes being built in and around the surrounding areas of Kamloops. Right. Which okay. is something that other areas have done in the past. I always get clients that are coming from Kelowna. They're saying... We're looking for a property that's, you know, five to 10 acres and we're looking for there to be two houses on that property. And right away, it's like, if there is a property in our area that has that, it's non-conforming. There's going to be an issue with that. It's not going to be something that's going to be readily available and you're not going right. to see many of them. And there, and that's been a stumbling block coming to this area. Because
0: that would be like an investment. It's like keeping it in mind for your investment of that property, like having two dwellings could be... Family could live there, or like there's lots of reasons
1: they you could. they they allow for family to live there, mm-hmm. like working hands. So if you have like a if it's a working ranch or a, some sort of farm, you you have the ability to put them in there. You can use it as a rental. That is that's, not a restriction. That's cool, that's
0: and that very you know cool. I guess as you as you were saying, like in terms of, I suppose upping the density ability of that land. Sure. For housing, hopefully that will make some kind of positive impact.
1: I think it immediately adds value to those properties. Totally. Um, I've already been reaching out to people saying, you know, you can put two houses on this lot. (laughs) Oh, good. You know, people that have been inquiring about rural property. Mm -hmm. Because I've gotten to the habit of always telling people no. Mm -hmm. Because it never allowed for it in the bylaw 2400, which is the TNRD's uh, bylaws for zoning.
0: Amazing.
1: So just to recap that, it's not A L. I said that 15 times.
0: <laughs> should we go back and edit those or I ah, know people are smart. They'll, people get, are it. Smart. <laughs> They'll get it. Uh,
1: they should be listening to the entire podcast. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly.
1: <laughs> no, it's it's AF one, which is Agriculture Forestry, uh, AF one one, AF two, R L one, and SH one. They have to be over ten acres to qualify. What's
0: SH one? Sorry to interrupt.
1: So SH one is like a small holding, which is Probably less common than you're going to see with the AF. AF is pretty pretty common. Okay. So let's look at some of the requirements here and some of the restrictions. So if your property is in the ALR, Mm -hmm. Agricultural Land Reserve, you're going to have to qualify through their process as well, but they've also changed their rules to allow for the second home to be built. Wow, okay. But there's implications for size of home that you can build that are more restrictive in the ALR than out of the ALR. Okay. Is that confusing?
0: Nope, that makes sense.
1: Okay, so if you're in the ALR and you have um, less than 40 hectares, more than four hectares, your secondary dwelling can only be 90 square meters, which is floor space of 1,000 square, just under 1,000 square feet. Okay. And I don't think they go by multiple story. You still build a 2,000 square foot house. It's just going to be the primary footprint has got to be that space. Okay. If you are bigger than 40 hectares I mean, you can sky's the limit you can go 186 uh, square meters, which is, I think, p- pretty close to 2,000 square feet mm-hmm. on the main floor. So if you're just outside in the, if you're outside of the agricultural land reserve in an AF- zoned property, and you are larger than 10 acres, you can then build a 186-meter square footprint property. As far as that, I understand the rules. Okay. You must have uh, an appropriate water supply system. Mm -hmm. And the most common questions that we're getting asked were, can I just hook up to my existing water source? Because a lot of properties in Pritchard, Nutsford, Barnhartville, Cherry Creek for sure, not a lot of water in the ground. Mm -hmm. And it's expensive to get it because you're drilling four, five, 600 feet sometimes to get, 2 gallons per minute, 3 gallons per minute. So if 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 you have a minimal water source, that could be a restriction to getting another dwelling. Right. So the water has to be approved. You can actually splice into your existing water system, but it has to be ample water. I'm going to guess. <laughs> okay. Minimal water requirements are typically 1.5 gallons per minute as as for for viable financing. Okay. So I think if you had two gallons per minute, I don't know if splicing into another property is going to be something that the health uh, organization would allow. Mm. But I don't know the answer to that. I'm just guessing. (laughs) You do need a separate uh, sewage disposal system, so you're still building a septic system. Um, And there is a calculation there. So I'm just going back because I'm reading this data. If in that 2,000 square foot minimum floor space, maximum floor space, Other detached structures on your property can limit that. So if you have barns and sheds, there's an equation. I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. Um, I did speak to someone from the TNRD and they're not like, that's not just a quick calculation, but it's a factor. Okay, so regular permits are required for building, no different than any other land development process you'd have.
0: This is an interesting development. You, and why would you think you were so excited? What is it about this news that you were like, "Oh, this this means something"? Like, it seems big, and well, yet subtle because there was no like big splashy. I
1: there's other agents that I. I mean, I talked to an agent this morning. Did not know this who mm-hmm. works in rural land. So I mean, it's it's interesting. I, I don't know how this did not get exposed so much. And but here it is. Um, I'm going to say the exciting thing is a couple, there's a couple levels of excitement I have. Mm -hmm. One is on a personal level. (laughs) Like I've always wanted to have more acreage. And so it's exciting for me that I could go buy a, a, you know, a chunk of 20 acres somewhere that has maybe a older, more decrepit home on it. Mm -hmm. And I would be able to finance that conventionally through a conventional mortgage. And then I would be able to go there and adequately live in that home for a year or two or to, to put together a plan, where does the right. where does my house go? And then once I move into the house, then I can rent out this other property to help debt service the financing of the build. So that's one part of the excitement for me. Mm-hmm. The other thing is, is that over the course of time that I've been a real estate agent, I've just been hammered with this question. And I always feel like I'm letting people down by telling oh. them they can't build the second home. Right. It's a viable way to actually like to develop land, and it just makes sense.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It really does. I can see the other side of it. For the years that we weren't allowed to do it, there was reasoning. It had to do with services, roads, mm. infrastructure. You know, um, obviously water and sewer typically come from the ground, like you're creating that, but the water table's limited. There's yeah, it less, only is what it is. It is what it is, and the more water that comes out of the ground, the the you know, those levels go down, right? So. Right. There's that factor and there's, you know, schools and waste management and... uh, Road maintenance. Yeah, even like RCMP coverage, you know, do they... Like all those factors play into making, you know, that... Livable. Livable, yeah. You can't be understaffed with RCMP. You can't be understaffed with paramedics. Right.
0: Kind of, there's a sort of a great balance that needs to be struck in some way. Yeah, I see that.
1: So it's, so it's groovy. The government comes in there like, okay, we need to fix a problem. So we're just pushing this through, regardless of the obstacles, this is happening. So there you go. (laughs) Awesome. I think it's a win-win, but I think it's a short-term win. I think it's like fun in the now, but maybe in 15 years, you might find that there are specific areas of Kamloops that develop stronger connection with the secondary homes. Yeah. Than other areas, and you might find that the, maybe there's congestion or mm-hmm. school problems. I don't know. Like, but it will
0: definitely take time. Like, this, this is, is going to be a slow change. moving.
1: Yeah, I can see everybody being excited about this, mm-hmm. and in you know, I'm not going to say nobody's going to do it, but like if the circumstance would be with me, mm-hmm. it's a two year plan or three year plan. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's it's awesome
0: for the people that it does apply to. I think this is amazing news.
1: <laughs> I think if you have. Ten or fifteen acres that's very close to the to the borders of the city limits.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I think your property just went up in value. Yeah, because you have more potential things that you can do with it now. Mm-hmm. That's a that's a big win.
0: <laughs> that's a big win.
1: I'm really excited.
0: I wonder if we'll see that in prices for that kind of property. Then that value reflected when when we'll start to see that.
1: But. Yeah, it would be interesting. Like in a couple of years to do some evaluation of what the difference. In a regular single family home that was rural on Mm -hmm. acreage, went up for in, let's say, a two or three year span. And then relative to properties that have the right zoning for that. But if they've incrementally gone up in a higher rate of inflammatory (laughs) pricing, time will tell. Time will tell. So cool. I wonder, yeah.
0: I'd be interested to hear who might be affected by this or what people's, if this changes anybody's plan.
1: Right. Yeah. Other than yours, my plan's changing as we. I'm like my brain's just spinning here right now. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to pull this off. <laughs> Gotta buy some land. Yeah. yeah. Um,
0: and how was it? Because I know you followed up with the TNRD to get a little more information about this. Yeah, they were I, responsive to your questioning.
1: Totally. I spoke Great. to uh, a gal in the planning department. There's a uh, frequently asked questions uh, on their website at tnrd.ca, so you can check that out. Um, It's very easy to go onto the bylaw 2400 Mm
0: -hmm.
1: um, page and you can break down all the um, different zoning zoning and what the uh, minimum size setbacks, all that stuff. Most of that stuff is all going to still apply. I don't believe there's going to be any changes to setbacks and typically setbacks side clearances of properties. that They're not as crucial outside of the city limits because the city limits, you're dealing with small, tiny little chunks right. of land.
0: Setback is typically like the front edge of the property from like a road or something?
1: Yep, okay. a road. or Typically like a road or behind a kind of barrier. Property. Yeah, your property lines. Okay. So your property lines have imaginary lines around the outside of them and you can't build inside of those. Right. Right? Okay. So whenever you're driving down the street in Kamloops and you just look behind properties or in between them and you see that they have a a shed or something right on the property line because they're trying to maximize the space. (laughs) You just know there was no permit for that.
0: (laughs) Probably wasn't approved. (laughs) Yeah,
1: not likely approved. But (laughs) not that it really matters. I don't think the city of is out there trying to knuckle anybody over those things. But Mm -hmm. if you did have a significant shed that was on a property line right to your fence line and you decide to pull a major permit for that property, like putting addition or building a detached structure or... You know, a major permit. Yeah, they're going to tell you to move that thing, <laughs> and there there there's a potential to lose square footage on whatever you're building because of the footprint of that shed. And
0: because someone would come out and like look at your property, right? To
1: yeah, they do a site visit right before you get sense. your permit. permit. Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: can't hide from that.
1: And they sneak around, look, and see what might be there without permits. Mm. Yeah,
0: I bet that would be kind of a fun job, actually. Could be <laughs> other than it being like often a bad news job. Yeah, maybe, but it's hoops and hurdles. Like there's a lot of paperwork, and you know you got to get your permit stamped and all that. There's a, seems to be a lot of steps to doing what we need to, what you want to do on property that you own. Yeah, but it is all for a greater balance. Like it's it the intention there is so that it doesn't go too far in any one direction is sort of what I picture. Like.
1: Well, you go to a third world country and see what they do with their, they, I mean, they have no planning. So they're just, right. everything's chaotic. Right. Could be really problematic, right? And mm-hmm. sa- life and safety is obviously a big factor. Mm-hmm. If you're building without permits and you're building without proper planning, electrical, obviously mm-hmm. a dicey one.
0: And as a, not that I want to go too long, I don't know how long we're going for today, but um, as a realtor, like so how significant can permit, uh, issues be in a
1: deal. Well, they can be a major <laughs> deal can breaker, kill it, right? Yeah, they totally can. So, and I—that's I, I, a whole other conversation. Okay, but I <laughs> we'll mean,
0: put a pin in that. chat. We'll put a
1: pin but. in that one. We can come back to that one one day because there's um, actually a lengthy, in depth conversation, and maybe maybe listeners want that content. Maybe that's something we could uh, do another time. Okay. Yeah. It's it's a can of worms. <laughs> it is a, it's a big can of worms. <laughs>
0: well, yeah. in this case, um, neat. We'll see what happens with the rural. Uh, second dwelling
1: additional dwelling rule change cool yeah cool
0: great hey thanks for listening to the Kamloops Real Estate Insider Podcast subscribe wherever you listen to get new episodes delivered right to your feed and we want to hear from you send comments and questions to parker at royallepage.ca or reach out on Instagram at pbrealestater